Assalamu alaikum everybody, welcome to the Mindful Muslim Podcast. Today we have our guest, Usman, who we talked about religious OCD with, we talked about how difficult it was, we talked about the solutions of it, and we talked about how to move on and recover from it. Um, I hope you enjoy it, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, um, welcome everyone. Um, we are here in the Mindful Muslim podcast. Um, I would say sponsored by Inspirated Minds, by, by Inspirated Minds. Um, and here we are today, we have Uthman. Uthman? Usman. Usman. Yep. Forgive me, I got it wrong straight away. Um, and we, the theme of our guest today's episode is um, religious OCD and OCD. Um, as probably everyone knows, I've suffered with OCD before. I've been on this podcast before. Um, and I'm Adam Afghan, if you if you don't know um and this is just another episode on religious ocd and ocd in itself and we just want to chat about it and talk about it and there might be tea involved there might be coffee involved <laughs> there isn't any now but maybe later there could be um but yeah i don't want to talk about myself too much but um what's man go ahead give yourself an introduction um what are you doing who, who are you your beard looks great um mashallah um and what your kind of journey is to this point, I guess. Yeah, so I'm Osman. Um, so I used to be a medical student, dropped out because of the OCD sort of thing. That I should be returning, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, yeah, and I suffer from religious OCD. Became mm. bedbound, had severe panic attacks. Mm. Yeah, that's about. That's so about a quick summary. If, if uh, we'll go a bit deeper into the summary <laughs> yeah. now. Um, so where did you feel like I've for the listeners listening, the viewers viewing? They may have OCD. They may have these thoughts as well. So, if what, where did it start for you? You're like, hold up, something's up here. Um, I need to be like, oh, this is a bit strange. What's going on? Yeah, I say like, I could, I don't know when it like sort of started, mm. but um, it's all just gradually built up over time. But um, there was like a point where it just sort of started to like escalate really, really quickly. Yeah, like yeah. Um, every single every single day, I was just getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. Um, and a lot of that came from like reading stuff online like islam qa stuff oh yeah and um, that will get you man that will get you yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i was reading a lot of a lot of that and then my obsession sort of like developed around like is like excessive fear of is it halal or haram like mm. i was worrying like are my bananas haram to eat i got you like no no normal individual does that right yeah um i was worrying about like my business so like everything any sort of transaction it had to be like i had to check the minutest details of it oh, and right. in like a product description for instance i couldn't use words like it's perfect for like all suitcases because what if there's like one suitcase out there in the world that it's not suitable for then, yeah then then all my income all my money that i've earned that's all haram it, it got to that extent yeah it got to that extent um and like fear of lying, uh, which we touched on before we started mm. the podcast. We, by the way, guys, we were talking about this. We started a pre-podcast, basically. We were talking about everything. So yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, fear of lying. So mm. that counts in the in the business side of things. But also like when telling the time and stuff, I had to be precise. And if yeah. not, I'd apologize. And it'd be in like a specific way. So I'd I'd apologize like if if the time was 5.13 and I told the person it's quarter past five, I'd have to apologize. I'm sorry, I told you the time was 5.15, but it was actually 5.13 and the current time is now 5.16. Oh, wow. Would, yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's super tough. Um, yeah, so I'd have to go to like that kind of extent uh, in, in apologizing. And if they just say like... Uh, okay like because obviously it's not good enough is it it's not it yeah. doesn't fulfill yeah, yeah. it doesn't so I fulfill need, you yeah. i need that uh that they've accepted my apology so i'm like do you do you accept my apology yeah. for telling oh, you the wrong man. time and it, it, i guess this is that even goes to that say if it's a person you're at uni you seem strange you're like yeah. what is this guy talking about like yeah, yeah. okay leave me alone it's like, it's like, it's like yeah. and to be honest like i think ocd is like it's the enemy of uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty is your enemy in, yeah. in OCD, right? So, like, say for example, even if they're like, "Yeah, accept your apology," how do you know? How do you know? You'll never know yeah, because you, know. you can't go yeah. in the, inside their head and be like, "Okay, it's hundred percent accepted." There's no certainty, and even yeah. in this life. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I completely forgot what we were, we were talking at. about. Time and 
saying sorry and oh, these these kind of uh, compulsions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there was also, um, let me think of some other ones. There's probably loads, right? So, I, I could t- I could tell you a bit about mine. So I had I had similar things. So I have a, a kind of, I guess it's kind of, it's that's definitely along the lines of religious OCD. It's like moral scrupulosity, yeah. moral OCD, where you feel bad about something, you have to say sorry a lot, um, and from when I was doing it, when if I didn't say sorry, it would be like, when I was going through some like CBT therapy, um, the therapist would say to me, okay, where on the, the scale of things, like say for example, there's this issue you feel really bad about, it, you have to say sorry about it and all the time. And it's like, okay, if you killed someone and hit, and it was like, they used to say like, okay, it's not nowhere near killing someone, for example, mm-hmm. you've murdered someone, but it would feel almost as bad as that. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's like, yeah. you can't, and that's what I think it's really difficult for you to understand, like how difficult it is to, um, the thought and how uncomfortable it makes us feel um, because we have this OCD brain. We have this, as you said before, it's a chronic, chronic issue, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I didn't touch upon like my biggest theme. The Go ahead. That took like my whole, my whole life uh, uh, basically for the past year or so. Mm. That was like impurities mm-hmm. and constantly washing, um, like, uh showering taking hours yeah i even injured like my foot and stuff from like oh, uh, from standing with like one foot in the oh, sink and one foot tough. outside and for like 45 minutes and yeah. then like the pressure and like balancing because i had to do it at awkward angles because i couldn't step on this part or step that part and so. it would make it impure because you're doing this you had to do yeah, it completely yeah. i got you so um like picked up physical injuries from um from a mental health issue basically yeah yeah from mental health issue and when i became bed bound as well like i wasn't moving uh so before i used to go like gym five to six times a week i used to eat healthy and then once i became bed bound i was i was laying on the bed all day no movement Um, why is that why was that because i felt everything in my home was impure so i couldn't touch a single object and so normally when when before i transitioned to the bed so mm-hmm. i actually transitioned to it to make my life easier yeah yeah because it meant that i didn't have to do anything or yeah. i didn't have to constantly wash because i could just remain in this impure state and just just live life as an impure individual yeah, yeah. Um, and i just relied on allah's mercy that you know my prayers would be accepted in and uh so on but uh so i moved there for for ease for for comfort yeah. but um um yeah so did did it help um did it make things worse or did it did it help so like in the short term yeah like ocd in a nutshell isn't it yeah Yeah. in the short term it felt great like i could just lay there i'm good here yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but um it that's when like things start to get really really bad uh Mm -hmm. when because after a bit it sort of you start to realize like is this the rest of my life just laying on a bed it's crazy isn't it yeah yeah and then um so so when i was on the bed i'd i'd be like fully impure so i wouldn't ha- before i'd be worried like maybe my hand maybe a bit of my oh so, sorry yeah a bit, <laughs> a bit of my hand a <laughs> bit of my um uh clothes or something is impure yeah um, um what um yeah the microphone uh, yes sorry is it up a bit more there we go all right cool. um so like I'm, when you were bedbound, like yeah. when you were in this position, it's like a, it's a very, it's that we talked about like the OCD and how it's like a short term comfort yeah. to like fulfill your compulsion. Yeah. You've watched for like a few minutes, maybe even a few seconds, you might feel fine. Then it comes back again. What if something else and you contaminate yourself? Contamination OCD is a, is a big theme, right? Yeah. Um, what happened after you were bedbound? And yeah, what's, what's next in that story? Yeah. So, um, once I was bedbound, then um, I was like messaging a lot of imams and stuff for like for help, advice on questions and mm. things. But eventually, you know, I sort of realized that um, I need to like get better. I can't exactly. continue living life like Inshallah, this. Yeah. So I made a stupid plan to uh, I basically got cling film, PVC sheets, dishwashing gloves. And oh, I man. cling film my whole room, my table, everything my cupboard i had separate steamer stuff bought yeah where i dry my clothes all of that um bought separately uh, and the first time it arrived uh it got contaminated before i could even use so, it exactly so, so i had to return yeah. all of it order it again and, oh, and no. then and then uh and then i had to um wrap everything and then so i was speaking to a lot of imams and stuff uh, but 
this point I changed. I wasn't asking questions about like impurities or is this impure? Mm. Um, because a lot of the time uh, they'd say to be on the safe side, just wash it. Or, that doesn't help, does it? Like, no. Yeah. Or they'd be like, um, um, like sort of vague advice. Very general. Yeah. Advice. Oh, go on. Yeah, yeah. Make will do again. Or so, like yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But, and even if they did recognize it, they didn't realize the extent to which I was going or... Mm. Um, so they'll just say like, don't don't worry about it. Exactly, and put, like you don't need to worry about it. It's it, to, mm. to this kind of extent, but that doesn't provide the brain comfort. It it and it and it doesn't. They don't they don't understand how to treat OCD, right? Yeah. They're just imams, and all people. They probably think it's just maybe just a bit of a thought. Oh, go on, make your life easier. Just forget about it. Um, so obviously it got quite. I guess it got to very kind of extreme OCD where it was like it's affecting your everyday life. Yeah. So you reached out to some imams, some I guess religious people, and I guess you didn't get the answers that you yeah. that were very basically helpful enough. Um, yeah. What happened then? So then at that point, um, I started to think like this is the rest of my life, um, mm. being on a bed. Yeah. Um, maybe I could transition to to um, like the pure environment that yeah. that I've built. Um, but I basically planned to never leave the home other than for Jummah. Um, and that must but, have been difficult anyway, going yeah, to like, the masjid. I guess like people can relate with like lockdown and stuff. Yeah. But this is like being confined within your own home yeah. to not being able to touch things in your mm-hmm. own home uh, with no freedom. Like, you, like it's like being held in a prison cell. Exactly. Um, it's like your mind is holding you, holding you prisoner, right? Yeah. And then, so I was at medical school and then mm. um, I sort of... I didn't really want to do medicine uh, at the time, but I wasn't planning on dropping out. There's this thing called like an intercalation, which is yeah. like where you do one year in something else. So I yeah. wanted to do management uh, for my like interest in business and things. Mm. But uh, what I read was like, it's really intensive. Like you have to go in person a lot. And I thought, no, that uh, I can't do that. So yeah. then I thought, what's the point of finishing this medical degree? Like if I'm going to live the rest of my life from from being on this bed, um the medical degree is going to give me absolutely nothing um yeah so i just dropped out at that point um mm. i didn't even consider like taking a year out or a, a mental health break because i didn't see myself recovering i thought this is this is it um can, can i just ask what what was it like in the house was your with your family with you what yeah. were their thoughts yeah so I... we moved we moved the bed into the living room so oh so th- th- <laughs> what, what, how was your family's reaction because did they understand did they did were they like okay this is no this so, is, was it? yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah i didn't also explain to them like fully the religious aspect of yeah. it because i was like too embarrassed to, to, yeah, yeah, I've got you. to, yeah. to say that part of of my OCD um, so they more understood it as just like contamination OCD mm. they didn't get the I did tell them it's religious OCD but like they didn't fully understand like that was the main yeah. main component uh, behind it um, but in a bad way because I guess my family loved me too much so they were too supportive and, and they uh, like yeah. <laughs> uh, like my mom Mashallah, what can you say <laughs> yeah my mom helped me a lot a lot in like the compulsions and stuff so she they reassure you right yeah like, reassure and me and she started doing my compulsions for me because oh, no. because the cleaning used to take me longer my mom her. could do it quicker and I wouldn't I wouldn't know necessarily so I'd be like okay you know what she's probably done it correctly and, and we know OCD like the, the worst thing you can do is give into the reassurance yeah, you yeah. have to kind of be in the uncomfortable you have to be see in your case you have to be contaminated you have to sit with that yeah. uncertainty of being contaminated yeah. yeah um but the thing is for them they didn't really understand that that side of, of things course. and for me why would they understand like yeah. it's not it's not a general knowledge thing is it it's <laughs> yeah. the very difficult thing for, to understand for me it was like it's a quick easy comfort like oh, you yeah. don't have to live with the anxiety uh even though it'll return pretty quick mm. um so my parents was like supporting me in my compulsions um um uh, like they supported me from living from bed so like mm. everything would be given to me there yeah. um and uh yeah so the 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 family sort of contributed to it yeah but, out of love so yeah, out of to love. Help you, yeah. yeah but um i guess when like i decided to leave medicine like they sort of um realized like you know something's up like, yeah yeah some, yeah um uh but so I still had I couldn't hug them Couldn't do things like that mm. But like we still had Decent family time Like that was the only thing I could enjoy Like time with the family yeah. Yeah, On the bed in the living room Yeah um, uh, Yeah So I guess 
you you understood what was you knew it was like something was wrong did you know it was ocd i guess it's kind of the stereotypical ocd almost right yeah. like contamination yeah i i knew it was ocd um but like you still doubt uh, what if it's not ocd yeah what if uh, it's just this is how it is i mean yeah, yeah yeah no i used to think like maybe this is just how it is to be a muslim how to be a good muslim to have your prayers accepted this is the sort of extent this you have to go to um so so like i used to convince myself that um like this world is a prison for the believer right <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm and then the, make it, i'm literally making it a prison i'm like, making uh, it a prison uh, so what like so there's loads so many different aspects to talk about is it you went to the imams you, i guess you didn't receive the the guidance which they unfortunately they don't understand ocd so they would yeah. give you gen generic advice very vague stuff very yeah. kind of general things the fa your family obviously allah bless them they tried their best but again they don't understand the best way to treat it and we know ocd ERP exposure response prevention is a great the gold standard for it go to CPT um what did you do when it was like okay your family knew it was going again you can't medical quick drop out of medical school come on what's going on like what how did you like okay something's up how do I as you said I need to fix I need yeah to fix yeah this. so the first part there was like two parts to the mm. therapy the first one was like going to the NHS um so I had a mini panic attack in the shower after I came home uh, from university and um, so I like broke down into tears and I, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was it was too much to deal with. Mm. So I went to the GP that day, broke down in tears again in front of the GP, told him everything that was going on. And so then he put me on the waiting list, started medication and, and things. But inside, I knew this is not going to do anything. Like I, I was just hoping that the medication would, would fix it uh, because um, I yeah. didn't trust the therapy because like they don't, non-Muslims don't understand how we live our lives. Um, yeah. The the reason behind our thinking, um, mm. especially like with impurities and stuff, like I, I didn't think they would get it. They wouldn't understand. And they just make me do stuff which goes against religion is what I thought. Mm. They'd make me pray uh, and make it invalid. Like, yes, yeah, so you don't have all the when you pray, for example, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. No, I totally see that. Uh, so... Mm. Uh, so I thought they would do that side of things. And that's why I, even after I got that um, started on the waiting list and things, I was still contacting imams and stuff because I needed religious advice. I needed uh, religious support. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually I was, so this is where I changed my questioning to like, I got OCD, uh, help me. Um, and then one of them said, uh, there's this uh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abdullah Misra. And um, he's like, this is the perfect guy for you. And then, so I go on his Instagram page and it says OCD counseling. I think, wow, brilliant. Uh, start messaging him. And then, um, uh, so then I thought, I started like r realizing, um, but without that, you know, communication where you can go back and forth very easily, mm. it, it was difficult to fully, um, um, fully start like the therapy because you can't start therapy through messaging no you need to be like you need to have it's conversations right yeah. you need to have a legit conversation yeah and then so but before i started therapy mm -hmm. um i went to my room and i ripped off all the cling film Mashallah. everything Alhamdulillah. and Allahu Akbar. <laughs> and then i spread the impurities everywhere um and then so i thought this is it this is Perfect, right? Like I've spread the impurities, I've done everything, and then it just sort of dipped straight back down mm. um, into the same old OCD habits, yeah. uh, same fears, same everything. It's, mm -hmm. It started again. But because my family saw the improvement yeah. I had from speaking to him just through Instagram, they were like, all right, like, let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get proper sessions in, right? Yeah. And can, can I ask, when you were going through, <clears throat> when you were messaging the Sheikh, Allah bless him for this and helping you, um, what what did he say? Did he say? Did he say? Well, yeah, tell us what he said. So he he said a lot. But, Mashallah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, he sort of helped me reconnect with religion. Like, so I detached from um, uh, like these Islam QA stuff yeah. and searching for answers and things. Took a more deeper, more spiritual approach to to religion, mm -hmm. um, where like learning to rely on Allah's mercy and of course and. Like understand what it truly that truly means, mm. and as well as that, there was also like the ERP side of, side of things. So exposing myself to the fears because OCD is a medical condition, right? So you you can't um, you 
can solely it, do it, spiritual yeah, stuff. It can't, you can't, it can't, yeah, it can't solely be fixed by just yeah. uh, spiritual therapy because mm-hmm. our brains function differently. Yeah. Uh, you have to train it to mm-hmm. to to get adjusted to to what should be normal. Yeah, and it's a, it's the same. For example, if you have a broken leg or you have, I don't know, a kidney problem, you wouldn't treat that spiritually. You would go to the doctor. It says, yeah. why would we treat this any differently? Um, but yeah, so you you chatted on Instagram and you thought and your family saw, alhamdulillah he's ripped off the cling film basically he's yeah. chucked it all that's great progress mashallah and that that was probably quite difficult for you to do right yeah yeah, yeah. that that took courage right that's it must have mm-hmm. taken bravery to actually do it because you're going against kind of your i guess your yeah. everything about yourself because i realized that wasn't sustainable like there's no way of i would have been able to live my yeah, life of course, like that of course. so i knew i had to change and that yeah. was something i w- i couldn't do at all so mm-hmm. so it just made sense to 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 rip everything off and mashallah. uh like so after that point, uh, I still had um, those OCD tendencies. So I still felt things were impure. I was still washing, mm. but slowly by slowly, I started like breaking down. Um, like, um, like started you know sitting on the sofa rather than on the floor or something. Nice, mashallah. And uh, and then um, yeah, was, then there was like a, a point where it sort of when a steep improvement as yeah. well um sort of just like a kind of clicked mm. um uh what was being said in therapy and stuff and yeah then sort of been ups and downs since then um yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, so yeah there's so many points to touch on there so i suffer with ocd as well i basically had the same thing as you like same process of like understanding what's going on connected to the spiritual side and I think a massive point with me, because I've had this sort of contamination OCD, I used to spend a long time making a wadu in the shower, my skin used to crack and it used to be painful because yeah. you're like, you're spending so long in the shower and you shouldn't be spending an hour in the shower. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, but there's a point that you mentioned, it's, really, it's a beautiful point. Allah is most merciful. Mm-hmm. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Allah knows what's in our heart. Allah knows our intention. Yeah. It's not like a checklist of like, oh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, my salah is not valid. Allah knows. There's no need to even think about it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when you kind of, and I guess an important part is knowing Allah, knowing yeah. Allah, un- connecting the spiritual side um, of your existence, understanding what your purpose is. And I feel like that and the actual ERP, which you mentioned, that got you to rip the cling film off. Yeah. Those two together are like, other is the most beautiful method to treat OCD. Yeah. So we, you, we went to the sessions, basically. You were like, what how how did that how did that work out for you um and were they remote were they in person how did you get how did you get them they were online nice. so he, he was based in canada so it had to be Shall online Allah. um uh and i think i had like eight sessions in total so, because i spent a long time messaging him of course. He, he constantly like kind of tried to get me to start the therapy but <laughs> I, I was like really reluctant uh to do it it's scary right it's it's just like some so i think sometimes you have to admit to yourself something's wrong yeah and it's like i remember when i was in therapy and my therapist allah bless her she helped me so much she messaged she told me adam you should probably go you need probably need to have medication i started crying i was like when someone says you have to have medication it's like something's wrong yeah so yeah when you admit something's wrong you be bravely take the courage to get better um and that's what you did mashallah so yeah tell yeah. us about the sessions uh so those there were eight sessions uh, that i went um mm. I think I like touched up on the spiritual aspect of it and mm. uh, and the ERP side of things as well. But um, the one, so like when I had my very first session, he he told me one thing. He told me I can't fix your panic attacks, right? Because he said I'm not medical professional, so I can't right. fix your anxiety. Right. So I, I was a little bit like worried there, like uh, so, you what, know. What? Hold up! I came here for help. What do you, what do you mean you can't help me? <laughs> yeah. So the panic attacks were like by far the scariest thing for me. Mm. Um, like that's the closest I felt to death. Um, really, subhanallah. Like I used to say the shahada, and I used to think this is it. I'm going. Um, like you lose control of your body. It's really rapid breathing. Mm. You you don't feel as if you're in your own body. Like it feels like you're viewing, like you're outside of your own body, wow. and you actually feel like you're dying. It's an actual. It's like symptom of a panic attack. You feel like you're dying. That's um, cra- that's mad. Wow. Yeah, and and so. Uh, like I remember this one particular time uh, I was laying on the kitchen floor um, and I closed my eyes uh, I took a deep breath in and then not, I, my brain's telling me my family's standing there they just think I'm just laying because the panic attack sort of died down at this point but um, I took a deep breath in closed my eyes and 
my brain's telling it to to breathe to open your eyes nothing's happening i just i just laid there mm. and i thought this is it i'm going so I've, you were you weren't doing your brain you, your brain was telling you to do these normal functions but yeah. your body wasn't doing it is that what was happening yeah so i was like breathe so but nothing 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 no air's coming in and the thing is i i, I can't hold my breath very long normally but i don't think anyone can. <laughs> yeah, yeah but i don't know it felt like a few minutes you know just like mm. l- laying there not breath going in and what happened in that situation? Did nine 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 situation, or is it just like it calmed down? What happened? My family was like, "Yeah, we're, we're calling nine nine nine. But um, the pro- the thing is, they'd always say that whenever I had a panic attack. And the one thing I'd scream in a panic attack is, "Don't call them. I'll die. If you call them, I'll die." Mm. So, so then, what are they meant to do? You're put in a position. Uh, in, that's a really hard position. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna die what, if you call nine nine nine. So, what if I don't, what's gonna happen? I don't know what's gonna happen. So, yeah. yeah what, what, what did? Well, how did your family help you in that situation? Um, there's nothing you can do really yeah. in a panic attack it just sort of dies down uh with time but so that was that was the thing i was worried about because he mentioned he, he the, the anxiety side of things mm. that might not be um like because he's not a medical professional it's the anxiety might still be there so that was what i was worried about um but alhamdulillah you know uh like that just sort of just went down with the ocd yeah of course um because it was sort of like um, pretty much correlated to the OCD. So mm. if the OCD went, the anxiety would would go. But I say go, but you know, OCD doesn't really. It doesn't go. go. And yeah. and I think I think some sometimes people ask me like, oh, I want I want to get cured of OCD. Unfortunately, it's not. It's it's a, a condition. It's genetic. I heard it's genetic, right? Yeah. It's genetic issue, and you can't cure genetic issues. I mean, but you can get to a point where you can manage it. You can make this massive monster the like the issue you had in your room it was this huge thing right but now alhamdulillah it's suppressed into something much smaller much manageable you can carry around in your pocket almost rather than taking over your whole life yeah um so you went through that was there anything specific in the sessions which really helped you that stood out to you that kind of got you back on track yeah so one thing like i always felt like if i was spreading impure uh spreading impurities or praying with impurities mm. on me or something like i was sinning my prayers invalid it, it's pointless mm. right but what I learned is it's a form of ibadat. Like if you, if you, so I would think I'm sinning, but rather than sinning, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from, from like not engaging in the, in the compulsions and yeah, stuff. Exactly. It's like, it's almost like your jihad, right? It's yeah. Like, so it's all like yeah. flipped. It went from like being uh, sinful for doing mm-hmm. what I was doing to, um, uh, benefiting you to yeah, like being rewarding you yeah you know exactly I mean? so uh so that's like one thing i take with me like till this day mm. um whenever i'm in like a down period maybe ocd is getting worse i always remember that you know you're doing this for the sake of allah so um exactly yeah. and i had a similar thing when i was a therapy my muslim therapist mashallah she told me that she was like when you have these thoughts the, when you start to engage in them it's like don't because it's gonna push you into a worse place. So your jihad, your struggle, your struggle is to fight against it. So my fight against was not to engage in these thoughts and cut it off. That's that was the response part. My my mental response, my physical response would be to don't engage in these thoughts, accept it, and just carry on, um, and not ruminate about it, and not keep thinking and pondering on it. Um, so that was that I had a very similar kind of conclusion as well, and yeah. that still helps me today. So again, so you were eight sessions. You, I guess you learned these, I wouldn't say tips and tricks, but you, you learned these very, very kind of um, ways of managing your OCD. After that, how did you feel when you came out? And I guess, how long ago was this when you... So I finished therapy, I think a few months ago or so. Mashallah. Um, but like, if I describe therapy, it was like absolutely life-changing. Oh. Uh, like my life went from restrictions, like constant worry, mm. anxiety to like being free. I felt like a completely different person. I agree, yeah. And on top of that, uh like I reconnected with religion in a in a way where I felt I was like practicing, I was getting like, closer to religion than like yeah. through all this messy uh Kid stuff that was going stuff, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's not from Allah didn't tell us to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um it's really interesting. I I it's like when Allah puts you through this struggle, like it's your it's your test basically. Yeah. And I think um, that OCD was my test and it continues to be our test and anyone who's listening um, or watching this is the trial Allah has given you um, and it's our response to it yeah. how are we going to respond to it and we can go to therapy we can 
we can understand what OCD is, understand the best way to actually um, manage it and people say recover from it. And I guess that's a better expression, yeah. recover from OCD. Um, and you get to a place where you understand Alhamdulillah, my reason for existing, what, you become closer to Allah and mm -hmm. you see sometimes the trial is, a, is actually a method for you to get closer to Allah, which in yeah. itself is a blessing. So yeah, yeah um, how did you come out of that and be like, how's your now relationship with Allah compared to before? So like, you know, the one thing is like, you can't appreciate something truly until you like lose it, right? Mm. So like, whether you have eyesight, we just take it as for of granted, course, yeah. like on a daily basis. But when I lost like the ability to touch things, mm. to uh, hug family, um, you know, like sit on a sofa, like I take those things as a complete blessing. Like yeah. being able to sit on a sofa and watch TV, that's like a huge, huge, huge blessing Mashallah. that we don't, that we don't just take for granted. Being able to step outside your home is like, of course, like, yeah. so now all of these things, they like feel amazing. Alhamdulillah, so, that's beautiful so, to hear. Yeah, like, so yeah. all these small actions now feel like huge uh, blessings. So like, mm. So you feel a lot better about, like I always used to think uh, now, like when I when I do something like it's crazy, I couldn't do this like yeah. a few months ago. I'd be like panicking or something. Yeah. And now now look at me like Alhamdulillah, I can do whatever whatever I want to do, you know. Um, so and then like the focus in prayer came from uh, from it as well because you're not constantly ruminating about mm. those thoughts and things. So. Um, better focus in prayer um and like sort of just breaking it down into basics religion like starting from from the basics like just mm. pray quran um yeah give give charity exactly and, and all the acts of ibadah like i guess when you go through this hardship you you kind of call out to allah please help me type yeah. situation and the quran becomes more important and those things like we know the Quran is a shifa in itself it's a it's a healing and that for me it's still an integral part of I guess managing your OCD for example it's something which is a protection um and some like protection for your own self almost do you see what I mean because yeah. it kind of it's a nice way to calm relax and also calm yourself down a bit like actually have the protection of Allah from recitation of the Quran um but I, I wanted to I, you mentioned something important there like having that you feel great about doing these small things I remember going through therapy and coming out of it and then seeing the progress and the improvements happen and you feel free you're like oh my god even just to sit there watch tv or just sit in a, something like this and just be at peace for like yeah. not having your brain absolutely smash your head in like that's yeah, what it's if, like if, like it feels like your brain's going at like 2000 mile an hour and it's it's i can't it's exhausting and you're literally i can't even it's exhausting sleep wake up and the thought comes in your heart that sinks and you're like oh here we go again to get to the point where you feel comfortable and you're more at peace is a blessing. Yeah, my OCD didn't leave me in my sleep. I used to have panic attacks during oh, no my sleep. Way. I used to, I used to, <laughs> wow. I used to oh. think about uh, like impurity spreading while I was sleeping. So it, I didn't get, I didn't get peace when like any time. Yeah. So it was like twenty four seven uh, burden. So like even sleeping now, like when you're mm. not thinking about it, it's, it's beautiful. So, like. So you've finished therapy. I guess you're in a place now where you, you're feeling better about yourself. Things are getting better, much. You're returning to medical school. Allah put a blessing in it. And inshallah, you enjoy it more, more now. <laughs> yeah. what, what things are you doing in your life actively to kind of not fall, I want to say fall off the wagon, but like it is fall back, get yeah. off, or stay on the track of like recovering from OCD and being on that kind of path where you don't fall off the path. Again. Yeah, so the, the one thing my ther therapist told me was mm. like, you have to remain on the offensive. Like it doesn't stop. Yeah, it doesn't stop here. Like you can't go back into the uh, same old habits, like checking Q and A, um, mm. and and those kind of old habits. You have to you have to take them out yeah. completely. Mm. Um, so it's about remaining on the offensive. And it's so the, after I left, like in between therapy sessions, like mm. there'd be a period where I wouldn't like. Uh, like not go against the thought but like i'd be like comfortable like it's impure it's okay but i'm, I'm not gonna touch it yeah uh, but you're not really affect it's not it's not as offensive like yeah it's not you, you're not attacking it as yeah, much not yeah not attacking it so uh now if i have like that sort of doubt let's let's just touch it let's spread it let, let's have it all over me uh the exposure cause it, as yeah, the cause definition it of exposing yourself yeah right? it doesn't fear me yeah and i totally agree with that like you really have to attack OCD. I went to, I was doing some OCD uh, group sessions um, as like a therapy of OCD action, Dr. Duke, I think is. And one of the guys there, um, Allah bless him, he was saying like, OCD is a liar. Like OCD was never going to tell you the truth. 
not once has OCD told you the truth. That those OCD thoughts, the, that part of your brain is—it's a liar. It's never going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Why would you believe? It's never told you the truth once, so you have to attack it and assume it's lying. If this is if this is dirty, this is nudges, this is contaminated, I'm all good with it. If yeah. if I don't say sorry to that person, I'm an awful person. I'm a terrible. I don't deserve anything. Yes, you are. You don't deserve anything. And you attack it like that. It seems counterintuitive because it's almost painful to do it. Yeah, but you are going to get better if you do it. And it's retraining your brain to not go back into those habits where you think there's some anxiety, there's some type of danger if I'm, 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 I don't do this or I do do this. Um, but yeah, you have to be on the offensive. I totally agree. And how are you doing that nowadays, basically? Nowadays, so the the thing with OCD is the doubts don't like fully go away. You're, mm. you're still going to have those doubts, those yeah. uh, obsessions creep back up. Of so course. it's just like when you get it, you just have to remind yourself like like i said mm. I, I remind myself it's like if i go against it it's a means to get closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so um so it's not like i'm being sinful or anything it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah so it's exactly and it's um it's it's like the, the struggle will bring you closer to, to allah and it's um it's it's interesting like because it sounds it sounds like what's worse it sounds like you're supposed shaitan how did you did you ever think about like where we were chatting about this before but the two cross like what's worse or this is a legit mental health ocd or are they both almost the same i yeah what do you think about that yeah so it's difficult because it's like the lines are all blurred between Mm. between both but for me it's like when things start to get really extreme start to get really out of control um that's when I realized, you know, I, I probably have OCD. I say it probably because I still doubt, you know, <laughs> is, I got you. Is, it, is it OCD? But um, yeah, when when like when the shower started to take hours, when mm. I couldn't use the toilet outside home, um, when these things started happening, like I knew some some this is like out of control. This is not normal. Yeah, I remember there was an instance when I was trying. Well, I had to pray outside. I was out and about. Um, I didn't have wudu. Um, I used to make wudu. I didn't do it properly. I didn't do it. Properly. I need to do it again and again and again. And you, you, you can miss the salah at this class. You could literally miss yeah. your prayer because you, oh, I don't have it. I need to redo the salah. Um, and this is this constant battle. And I guess it's from the shaitan. It's from shaitan. It's that okay. You're not doing it. And shaitan doesn't want you to have your salah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's that battle against the like the west west as well, but also you trying to be in the offensive of the OCD and be like, yeah, for example, if you, if you think, oh, I don't have wudu, I've broken my wudu. Okay, Allah knows, I'm just going to carry on praying. Yeah. It's more beneficial and it's more of a, it's more beneficial to your relationship with Allah just to go do it and fight against what Yeah, you sort of have to were. learn to live with that doubt um, mm-hmm. because nothing is ever going to be 100% certain. No. Like, um, Things used to happen like right in front of my eyes, yeah. and I still doubt whether it happened. So, like for example, I'd wash my hands right, and I had to do one of the steps was like I had to wash the tips of my fingers individually, so like one, two, wow. and I I kept so going back one, two, one, two, and like so I couldn't like continue on to the next step because I think oh did I do that one properly or did I not? Mm. Uh, so so. Like that's literally, I can see it with my own eyes. I can see it's getting washed. It's completely wet. It's it's it, it's yeah. being washed, and I still doubt if it's not. So so it's sort of understanding that if something so obvious right in front of my eyes, I'm doubting, then you, like everything else is just it's just doubt. Exactly. Um, and it, it reminds me of like I still have this. OC- I did it this morning, locking the door. I don't know if you do this. I think a lot of people do. I lock the door. Is it locked? And I'm literally, I know it's locked, but I check again. I'm like, is it locked? And I, it's it's sometimes painful to keep checking because you know you don't you don't want to do it, but yeah. you, you you're kind of what you're, if you're what if, and you have to do. And then I'm like halfway, almost left, and I'm like, I need to go check again. And I know when that happens, there's a there's there's a, there's, a, there's some type of anxiety. What what if someone breaks in? What if someone takes my stuff? What if the, something awful happens to the the place? Um, you just have to accept it and be like, yeah, of course, it could happen. Like, I may not have done it, but that's the fight you have to do. And this is, I think, what you said so perfectly is you have to be on the offensive all the time. And that's the struggle with OCD. It's a difficult disorder to live with, but it's also difficult. And you have to be brave. You have to be courageous to fight those fights. But over time, those fights get easier, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess those fights you've had from the start when it was at this, the strongest, 
how have you seen those fights kind of gone on from before therapy after therapy and you practicing now um what so, you've learned so before therapy there was no fighting yeah. it was i have to um i just have to do what my brain tells me mm. to feel that temporary relief comfort during therapy like like i said that just completely changed um um absolutely life-changing experience to mm-hmm. to like what uh, when my therapist told me like by the end of these sessions like you, you'll be doing this and and that i thought uh, is he is he crazy like me yeah, touching yeah, yeah, yeah. and and doing that yeah, uh, no nah, yeah. i don't think so uh, when i started therapy uh, what i really wanted out of it was i just wanted to reduce my compulsion time mm. so it takes less time um or like i didn't think i could get cured of this problem because i felt like it was so real the the the, the right. fair and uh the like the danger I felt was so real mm. that it couldn't be cured. So why what, what I told like the NHS therapist when they asked was um, uh, like, what do you want to get out of therapy? I said, I just want the compulsions to take less time so I can sort of continue with some normality. Um, but that that doesn't that doesn't exist. If you're, what did they say to that by the way? When they, they, they just accepted that. I'm, really? I'm, yeah, that's, they, that's interesting. Yeah, they didn't tell me that. Um, uh, that's that, not really a proper thing. To, that's yeah, not yeah. a cure. That's not if that's not. Uh, it's not going to help you, basically. Yeah, that's not what they're trying to achieve through therapy either. But they didn't tell me that. I, Interesting. They, they just accepted it, noted it down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that's why I wanted our therapy. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect to be living life how I am now, mm. um, because, like, what I'm, how I'm living my life right now is like it's like i don't know how to describe it but it's like doing something you thought was impossible like i'm living my impossible dream Mashallah. like um, it it seems simple to other people like yeah. it just you know going about your daily life but for me it's like an absolute dream at one point yeah. to have been normal so uh yeah and it is it's like it's like getting free from prison, I guess. That's what I could, that's what I kind of, I went through the similar thing, the similar kind of, the feeling a few years ago. And it's gotten better for me, but every time I hear a story like this, it reminds me of what it was like when it was at its worst. And it's, it's like the worst, I can't even imagine. I can't even put it into words how awful it is. Yeah. And then when you become free of something and you free, you feel more peace, alhamdulillah. Um, what I wanted to touch on now is, what advice would you give to people who suffer with religious OCD or contamination OCD or all these things? What would you say to them? This is my three point plan. This is my plan of like what you should do. So like number one, get therapy. Yeah. Like, like it can be expensive. I, I understand that. But like there's also options if, if you can't uh, mm. afford it as well. Uh, and if you're going through religious OCD, like get a Muslim therapist uh, yeah. because i think that's that's important yeah. uh otherwise i don't see how a non-muslim therapist would understand i agree yeah um and then i think for me the two p- takeaway points that i take away from therapy are are those two that i've mentioned before like trusting allah's mercy um of course so like realizing you're not going to be perfect you're going to make uh, mistakes you're going to do things you're going to miss created us in that way yeah, we're not we're, angels right yeah, we are we are created in imperfect yeah we're going to miss things in wudu mm. or um like that's that's part of human yeah. nature mm-hmm. but just realizing that you know it's okay it's absolutely it's, it's, fine. It's, it's okay it's okay not to be perfect and make a mistake and like when you understand what in what like mercy is like it's just like that forgiven like it's 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 we make it like a big deal but in reality it's just like something small that's just exactly. forgiven even even before we recite before we recite the quran bismillah rahman rahim we even we talk about allah's mercy there we talk about at the start of al-fatiha we is like the start of of our recitation and mm. we recite that recite this in quran all in, in our salah all the time so it is kind of so fundamental it's is Allah's mercy it's almost like I see what you mean like don't worry about it Allah is most merciful yeah um like beyond our imagination uh, it was beyond our understanding as humans we can't understand like what it means to just forgive and that's it it's it's we are not created that way um and 
what I wanted to ask next is in terms of Islamically, how you're kind of bringing those two together, like the OCD, I've done the sessions. How would you say Islamically, you ask to tell people like your advice there is maybe how to kind of marry the two together. You got, you've got therapy. What about the Islamic side? Yeah. So, uh, you sort of have to detach away from like the Q and A and 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 Islam Q A. Like, yeah. as you were talking about like searching on Google for answers. Yeah, and stuff because like, that. like I've been speaking to a lot of people uh, through like social media and stuff with mm. OCD, and um, the one thing you ask is like, like I asked them, do you use Islam Q A sites a lot? And they were like, like they might say no, but then they're like, yeah, you know, I use it quite a lot. I rely on them a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, and. The reason I like focus on that area is like in my first session of therapy, that was something my therapist asked me, like, mm. "Do you use them?" And I was like, "How does he know that I use it so much?" Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then um, the thing, the thing is, they don't cause OCD, so it's you can use them. It's fine, but it, yeah, like yeah. they have their purpose, mm. um, and like they're great tools. Uh, for most people yeah not 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 for not for us directly because the thing is it becomes a reassurance uh checking exactly it does um and and the and the problem was for me eventually those questions they were too vague like i needed specifics mm -hmm. uh i even even when i asked uh imam directly my question i'd have to double check to make sure he understands every part of the question yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so even if i got an answer and he's and he's like yeah that's all right i would have to I'd have to ask him, are you sure that it's all right? Because I mentioned this. I'm not sure if this is... I want to be 100% sure. You, you understood what I'm saying. Yeah. Almost every word of like... Yeah. So you were 100%. There's no uncertainty. There's no ambiguity here. Yeah. There's like... Yeah. You understand my question completely mm. uh, as if you as if you were me. That's how you need to understand that question. Yeah. Um, and and so a lot of them didn't realize like it's kind of excessive, this uh, sort of asking. But um, mm. that's why you have to sort of break away from from just like those uh question and answers and just focus on building a relationship between you and Allah Azza wa Jal. Exactly. Um, yeah. And when you call out to Allah and you have you have the intention, Allah help me, Allah will help you. It's um yeah. when you're in such a like despair despaired state, um Allah is most merciful. It, there's no there's no bounds to it. Um so when you when you need help, just ask. And don't I think it's very difficult for me to say don't be treat like um like your ibad is like a checklist this is this is this if i don't fulfill this or oh, what if this what if that just do your best and i feel like that that what helps me just do your best don't keep doing wudu again don't keep going back and back and for example in salah which oh, i did it wrong which which where am i like have i did i do this right just try your best and that's it don't keep giving into the thoughts that because you you never leave the house you'll just keep you'll keep praying because you did something wrong and you didn't feel right and that's what that that's an issue I had. It never felt right, and oh, I didn't do it right. I need to do it again. Yeah. Stop it. Just finish salah. Alhamdulillah, Allah knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, what else <laughs> do I have to say? Um. What, um. So looking forward now. So, mashallah, you've got you've, you've you. It's amazing stories here because it's like there's there's OCD can get very severe. A lot of people don't understand. So you went through this whole kind of cling thing the whole room. Um, yeah. To this place now you're sitting on we were sitting on a sofa here. yeah we're sitting on a sofa where there's no coffee or tea yet i can't well, when <laughs> when's it getting here i mean <laughs> we're, not, we're not but we're here look at the brush i'll look at the progress um and i guess what would be i, I guess religious ocd affects muslim community a lot yeah just go through your advice again to the listeners and viewers what would you say that do take you as an example mashallah. what would you say um i'm to people suffering now what would you say go and do this uh i think the the key is therapy therapy but like if you can't you can still start to break down those fears um those doubts that you have like mm -hmm. the thing is it's it's difficult uh by yourself to just like force yourself to do something that is completely uncomfortable mm. um but and the other thing i think is uh, quite important is like uh recognizing you're not alone Course, like I felt, yeah. I felt very alone uh, when I had OCD. I thought I was like the only person. You're not. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's so many other like brothers and sisters who who have OCD, and a lot of them, um, like they don't they don't talk about it. Uh, they suffer in they, silence. Basically. Yeah, they just suffer. Well, they don't even know they have it. That's yeah. another thing. Um, so, like for my for example, my grandma, uh, like before um, many years ago, she used to spend like really long in the toilet, and mm -hmm. it was like just like a kind of 
uh, family joke kind of thing. Like she just takes yeah, really yeah, long. Yeah. But now we kind of understand that she she had she OCD. OCD, yeah, mm. and she just lived with it. Um, Subhanallah. Um, and I think I can use almost do the same thing, like trace it back generations of my family. I was like, you see the few behaviors, like yeah, I kind of understand why you used to do that because I'm the same almost, like that kind of getting reassurance, compulsions, um, and and but they didn't have the ability to get therapy yeah. <laughs> but which, which is which is which is super difficult um and people are still going through that now i wanted to to touch on one thing you mentioned um the nhs and the private therapy i guess i've been through the nhs as well and you obviously have as well yeah i know it's not the best and i just it didn't really help and you're much like in medical school so you yeah. kind of you're in that world anyway <laughs> yeah um it may work for some people yeah um but i guess they don't have the the understanding islamically like and our tradition how how we literally live our lives and it yeah you just want off the bat them to understand them to understand what wudu is what this is what our boundaries are what we can we can't do straight away so you can because it's already difficult in itself um and inspirited minds can help find you therapists with these with uh, that can help us with these with these problems um so what would you say in terms of getting therapy what was what is the what people who are struggling to jump into it what advice would you give to them um the one thing my therapist told me like before i was when i was really reluctant was like this is the best thing you can spend your money on there's Inshallah. nothing nothing better for you to spend your money on and you know at the time like it still seemed like a lot of money but mm. um now when i say it i say this exact same thing i say there's nothing better for you to spend your money on because when like my life just like flipped around mm -hmm. um like you you can't it's like before when i was like bedbound i used to say like i'm i'm, I'm disabled in in many ways i can't mm. do anything like a like a normal individual um and like you just cut out that disability yeah and and like return to normality that's normality and that's what we're trying to get to we're just trying to get to that place where we feel more peaceful we can do everyday things without this massive struggle um so i guess we can wrap it up here but let's to conclude when you're feeling in these awful times you recognize you have ocd you get help from your family and support from your friends and you look for the means to try and improve and try to get better because you know something's wrong um and it can get to a severe state and what we do then we ask allah for help first and foremost but then we look for people who are most qualified to help us counselors and whatnot um and we we take the courageous step we take the brave step to actually go to it even though it's so difficult even though it's like massively almost against what we feel we're scared to do it and we can be embarrassed and i was embarrassed and it's like you don't want to sometimes admit something's wrong but once you do that and you trust in allah you develop that relationship with allah you have the spiritual side you have the clinical side you bring them together and we get to a place where you are more at peace you are free somewhat much more free from this prison of ocd um is there anything any other advice you want to give the viewers at home I think we've covered most oh, we've of We've covered everything, to be honest. Um, there's still no coffee or tea. Um, let's go get some now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we can wrap it up there. So, Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Thank you for joining the Mindful Muslim podcast by Inspirited Minds. Um, we'll see you on the next one, inshallah. And jazakallah khair to our amazing guest. Assalamu alaikum. See you next one. See you at the next one. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Um, like, follow, subscribe. We're all on all the the general social media and podcasting platforms and we'll see you at the next one inshallah so I'm